So good day. We're here now today talking with Dara Ginoki, business line leader for vehicle sharing at Ubico. Hey Dara, how are you? Very well, Hubert and you? Very good, thanks. Very good indeed, thanks. Dara, you're just back from the Capital Markets Day presenting you because latest and greatest. Um, do you want to give us and um, the teams a little bit more detail on how that's been and how you found it? It was your first Capital Markets Day, right? It was indeed, yeah. The Capital Markets Day, from what I understand, is basically an investor relations day yeah. from your car mobility group. So it's basically them setting out their plans for the next couple of years to financial investors and potential financial investors. So yeah, the idea behind it was basically part of it, they were announcing their shift, Caroline Perala, the CEO, was announcing the shift 2023 plan, which is how we're going to scale up your car mobility group from 3 billion euro last year to 4 billion euro in 2023. And I suppose what's interesting for us is that 10% of that 4 billion euro uh, has to come from the urban mobility business unit. So that basically means increasing by tenfold, tenfold the, the annual revenue that the urban mobility business unit is doing every year. So, uh, yeah, big opportunity. And Dara, how was that as a message to deliver? How uh, was it received? Good, good response, tenfold target. Yeah, I think, you know, it's even though there's scale for growth, I think the annual growth they're looking at in the market for urban mobility is like 12.5% compound annual growth rate, which is pretty fast for any market. So the interesting thing, the reason I was there was to talk a little bit about the go-car story. So go-car is obviously the car sharing service in Ireland, which is part of the urban mobility business unit, probably a little less integrated into the family at the moment than as some of the other brands, but they're coming more into the fold now. And uh, I think people are becoming a bit more aware of the story. So the reason that's interesting for potential investors or current investors is because due to like several other, several reasons, which we can maybe have a chat about, is um, that go-car is currently profitable. So it's right. really interesting for investors. Now, there's a car sharing company within the group. And like I said, for many different reasons, it's profitable. But uh, the idea is that several of those reasons, both on the revenue side and on the cost side, we're currently working to implement in Ubico. Yeah. Those things to uh, to reach that profitable level and scale up the business unit. So. Very good, yeah. So GoCar is an amazing success story in its own right. And that's the primary reason actually we're here today. To learn a bit, a bit more about the magic, the angel dust and all that. And perhaps look at what we can learn or transfer across the business as we uh, look for those, um, what do we say, those hockey sticks of growth right across the graphs, those really upward trends. So GoCar clearly is, a, I would dare say, very strong market, market dominant player in Dublin. It's perhaps our best in class. Um, for the various reasons, uh, vehicle or car sharing offering in all the cities. Um, how do you feel about it coming from that into the Ubico terrain here in Barcelona? Um, what would you be looking to emulate? What, what have you noticed? Any observings? But first of all, let's start with the uh, go-car lessons and perhaps the story of go-car in your time there as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I suppose what we were talking about at the Capital Markets Day, like I said, was how GoCar has become profitable over time and what are the things that we're trying to do now today in the business unit to replicate those yeah. actions. Like, and like I said, there's some market specificities, mainly like level of competition and stuff that we can't replicate in every city. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we can't replicate some of the things. Like, So I suppose GoCar launched in 2008. Yeah. Um, 
was taken over by the Eurocar Ireland franchise. So Colin Brady, actually, who's the current managing director of Eurocar Mobility Group in Ireland, back yeah. in 2012, he worked with the franchise owner to take over GoCar. And then in 2016, Eurocar Mobility Group, so our company, bought back the Eurocar franchise in Ireland, along with GoCar as well. So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of like a little snapshot of their, their history there. I suppose um, as of today, GoCar has about uh, just over 80,000 members gone on track for 100,000 by the end of the year. That's about, what, 7% of the population of Dublin or yeah, 20% yeah. of the adult population of Dublin or yeah, something crazy. Yeah, yeah, 100% quite... of the students. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's quite mad. It's uh, fraud in Dublin, but we won't go there for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll keep that one for the, the, second, <laughs> the, next, the second podcast. Um, so yeah, there's like I don't know, half a million people in the core city centre, and then yeah, about one, 1. 1.2 million in the greater city. So that 80,000, I suppose the big part of the story about GoCar was that, you know, it's been going for 10 years. Yeah. So we haven't been in all of our markets for 10 years, and as everyone knows, it takes a certain amount of time to grow the brand, get the ramp up on the vehicles, get people understanding car sharing and really stabilise both tech and operational processes and procedures yeah. as well. Like so so that's part of the story really, yeah. yeah. So they have about at the moment about six hundred and fifty vehicles. I think the target for the end end of this year is about eight hundred vehicles and in the last five years they've done uh, about 1,500% growth in monthly bookings, and that's Amazing. with it, 850% growth yeah. in units. So. so when we look back over, and it's, it's very humble of you to say that it was a 10-year, uh, you know, in, you know, it takes 10 years to get to overnight success, as it were. Um, at what point did you feel, or did you see that it was hitting critical mass, or was it always, was there, was there always a sort of a sense of acceptance or interest a, a latent consumer interest in car sharing and verticalness going way back for the last 10 years? Or did it somehow miraculously pivot into play? Yeah. No, well, I wouldn't say it ever miraculously pivots because the important thing for us to remember, and I think sometimes it can slip our mind because we're obviously very focused on the, the product and the tech and making sure that all of that stuff is, is brilliant and top class, but there's also like, we are a physical business as well, and people yeah. can only use our product where actually people are able to access it. So if like three, four years ago, if you're in the suburbs of Dublin outside the core business, you couldn't use GoCar because there wasn't a GoCar 10 minutes walk away. Yeah. And it's the same thing as today in, you know, Lisbon or in Copenhagen or in Zurich, like you, you can't use Ubico because there's no Ubico yeah. within walking distance. So that, that's a big element of the business is actually as you grow the catchment areas that you grow the serviceable market. So it's not like every single person in Paris or in Madrid or in London today can use Ubico yeah. because, or, or can we can reasonably expect them to use Ubico, but they're not within a 10 or 15 minute walking distance of the vehicle. And that's really, we're in the residential mobility the urban yeah. mobility market so people need to be near a vehicle to actually be able to use them so but i think just to go back a step before like it's not all and something actually that was interesting at the capital market today was caroline Perot was speaking about mega trends and the idea that like the reason we need to go after this market isn't because it already exists or that it's you know there's a whole market out there that isn't currently been ser serviced but also the market is going to grow, like you said, at 12.5% compound annual growth. So 
we know the megatrend's both political and in terms of cities and the way they're being developed, like by 2030, up to 70% of people are expected to live in cities. So we're see we've seen that over the last 10 years in Dublin, that like Dublin city, uh, the local government are really, really supportive of car sharing. Like, and the ideas for that are like, you know, it's becoming very clear over time that cities need to dissuade people from owning private cars. Yeah. The idea that like if someone owns a private vehicle, they're really irrational about how they get around because like they've paid the fixed cost of the car, so they basically have a vested interest in making as much use of that car as possible. So if you can break the cycle of car ownership, you then people then will actually like make decisions based on where walking is best, where cycling is best, where taking public transport is best, and then occasionally using car sharing. So it's not like the entire game is in our hands. Yeah, but the market is growing like we're at the beginning, or we're, we're in the middle of something that's just kind of get bigger and bigger due to massive political trends and and sustainable or urban mobility trends. And you know that those numbers like aren't just something that we say; they're actually supported by by data. So we see with like go car members that. 80% of go-kart members don't own a car. 40% of them uh, say that if go-kart didn't exist, they would go out and buy a car. And you see that like 60% of go-kart members take public transport every week and over 50% of them cycle at least once a week. So it's that's why cities support car sharing and vehicle sharing. And the idea is this isn't the Dublin-specific thing we're seeing now. Yeah. In Paris, we're seeing in London, we're seeing in Berlin, they're pushing for more and more vehicle sharing. And an example of that is obviously like the um, recent tender, the Mobileve tender that in Paris that Ubico won the biggest share of parking spaces. Yeah. So by the end of the year, Ubico will actually be the biggest car sharing operator in Paris. Yeah, so that, that, that's really like, that's the, the start of the story is that the trends support what we're doing yeah. and, and they're pointing in the right direction. But I think the interesting thing, the main thing to remember there is that trends aren't enough. You need to actually capture the trends. You need to be in the markets. And then once you're in the markets, exactly. you also need to actually get the users as well. Yeah. So, so again, just going back there and great point on mega trends and capturing the zeitgeist, as it were. Um, Ten years ago, what can you describe? Uh, what was the go car service? I mean, obviously we're more evolved as a digital platform and service now. Back then, was there an app? Was there? Uh, was it a web page? How did it work ten years ago? Yeah, so there would have actually been um, uh, Cambio was the name of the tech that they were using. It was kind of a partnership with Cambio. Some people who are interested in car sharing might be familiar with Cambio. It's like one of the biggest, or was one of the biggest car sharing players, and still going quite strong today in a lot of markets so they were using their their tech but like you know as things have gotten a lot more like you know as things have advanced um it's become a lot more accessible a lot easier to sign up and join they actually used to 10 years ago have to go out and meet every single person who signed up to the service okay now some days i feel like we should still do that but <laughs> but that's neither here nor there and so uh, so yeah so you know over over time the tech has evolved a lot, but there's a lot more to it than just, you know, the, 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 the product that people are using to, to book the vehicles and open the clothes. And so sort of stuff that we'd see in terms of the growing. So I think I mentioned, you know, over the last 10 years or over the last five years, we've seen the go-car user base grow by 3,500%. Wow. So it's huge growth, like, but I think a lot of the, there's a lot of different factors to what's actually, um, what's caused that. So one of the things, like I said, is Dublin City supports car sharing. And what we actually see then is uh, 
the car sharing policies really allow for accessible and flexible parking so you can put the vehicles kind of in most areas where you want them to be and then once they're there you can actually move them around to optimize the network and make sure the vehicles are where they should be so in terms of like that's not really just something that will help you fix the business model overnight but what we're doing and we can see this now in Ubico as well is like a really customer centric approach so like asking like doing the obvious thing of asking people where they want the vehicles to be as well as that reviewing the network over time so continually mm. checking how is this parking performing is it behind the ramp up is it expected that ramp up is it is it hitting the targets that we had in mind one survey that we did in GoCar I think was really interesting was we took the top 10 percent of spenders and uh, you can actually see it's different from your average user so you can have your average user but actually you can have your, your best user we then took open source data from like the census data on population statistics and mapping and then checked where do all those people live so roll the road vehicles out to those locations but once they're at the locations you need to then make sure what you were hoping was going to happen actually begins to happen yeah. so it was great working with your current argument because they used like um business intelligence tools like so ClickView will be something that we used a lot of the time was actually to review is this location performing well and uh, and continually kind of keeping an eye on that and optimizing it from there and from there we used kind of the things what we call like the spider web approach which is basically like imagine every vehicle has like a radius of four or five hundred meters around that one certain vehicle in that location hits a certain revenue per unit you then basically open another location within a kilometer so you're increasing the catchment area over time and right, you're building it out. Exactly, because like we said, you want to make it as convenient as possible for people to use the service, the closer there is a vehicle to them, yeah. the more likely they are to use it. Like So the interesting thing from that, and this kind of resonates with something Caroline Pro said at the Capital Market Day, which is the idea that, you know, mobility is not something new like mobility has existed for as long as people have existed but europe car have actually been in the mobility game for 70 years doing car rental it's just now it's in a different way so we're doing urban mobility through vehicle sharing so the idea that understanding your users getting your fleet mix right and yeah. optimizing your network like that's not a new behavior we're doing it in different ways but europe car has been doing that for 70 years so yeah. what we're really trying to do and what we were talking about at the capital markets day is the idea that like Europe Car of Ireland and GoCar as a microcosm are just a really nice example of how you can combine car rental and vehicle sharing to actually reach break even and profitability in in urban mobility. So the idea that like you know understanding your users, improving your fleet, and optimizing your networks, it's not a new behavior. Europe Car's been doing that for decades, and we're doing it in new ways, but we're learning from them and using the same metrics. So the thing that interests me is like. When you see what we're trying to do today, like you've the mm -hmm. you've the data squad with the BI capabilities and tools, they're constantly giving us reports. You see in London and Berlin, they're doing like the zonal parking approach to get vehicles as close as pe to people as possible. Yeah. Paris just won the tender where it's opening up huge catchment areas all across the city where we've never been before. So that's getting people closer to the vehicle. And like the interesting thing for me is something that like. We always need to keep in mind because we're a physical, we're a physical product. We physical locations where people go to the vehicles. It's like something I always like. It can slip your mind. But it's like the theory of induced demand. I don't know if you follow this at all in transport planning, but it's basically the the idea yeah. that as supply increases, more of a good is consumed. So yeah. we actually see that, that. It's a little counterintuitive, but and it doesn't always result. Sometimes you put too much product mm. out there. But yeah. the idea is that, and we see it in practice, is that. As we've increased the catchment areas for go-car 
you basically you've increased supply you reach a certain point of market saturation and people are willing to pay more for the convenience of having a vehicle closer to them yeah. so they'll pay more they'll spend more and use the service more often yeah. the closer it is to a vehicle so people always say people used to always say when i was like okay like who's your target customer like it's like oh it's like early 20s you know techie highly educated like um, leaning towards men like international workers yeah. I'm like yeah a lot of those things are true but the most likely person to use a go-kart vehicle is somebody who's within five minutes of a go-kart vehicle yeah so you could have someone who's your bullseye demographic you know yeah 31 years of age like finished university working in the tech sector well paid yeah doesn't own a car but if they live five kilometers away from a vehicle i can guarantee it probably not going to use the yeah. service yeah. so that, that's the idea of you know it's remembering the networks remembering that we need people near the vehicle to actually use it. you could have the most shit hot app and tech in the world you could have the best so yeah, onto dynamic pricing and all the opportunities. Um, recapping on a remark you just made, um, the DNA of Europe car group is mobility, and that's a brilliant point that you make. It's been offering a range of uh, uh, a mixed range of offerings, use cases and whatnot. It didn't wait for the digital revolution, of course not. And now we've got extra levers to work with in terms of dynamic pricing, etc., etc. So um, let's explore the pricing opportunity a little bit more and even perceived value, if you want. Um, back to Dara. Uh, yeah, no, so I think we were kind of talking about the idea that, you know, Caroline Perot touched on at Capital Markets Day, which is that, like, mobility is the DNA of the group. Like, that's what your car has been doing. It's interesting now to see, like, with some of the product teams speaking and across business units, so into, into cars and into low cost and with urban mobility as well ideas around like it would be you know looking at the go-kart story it would be remiss me not to mention that like go-kart was the first mover in the market so they've been able to optimize their prices a little faster so that speeds up the path to profitability and growth as well and um, but obviously we're continually reviewing pricing and all across all the existing cities at the moment looking for opportunities there and what we do see is now the product teams considering things like you know greater focus on insurance and additional drivers selling additional drivers and then uh, some yielding opportunities like dynamic and surge pricing as well so i think it's really interesting and again it comes back to like these things like ancillaries and yielding are not new to europe car likes they've been doing this for 70 years in the mobility space through car rental and now we're just moving into this in the urban mobility space through vehicle sharing as well so I think that's really interesting on the, the brand side, the perceived value and, and the marketing aspect, something else on the, for the go-kart story is also worth remembering that brand awareness has played a huge part. So we have highly visible vehicles in go-kart, very, very visible, a lot of branding on the vehicles. You wouldn't miss them. We also have on-street parking, so you could see the vehicles you walk down any street. And as well as that then, because of the flexibility and accessibility of parking, we're able to position them in the right locations outside people's homes and offices and near key transport infrastructure as well. So I think that like actually we see 70% of people who join GoCar say they joined after seeing the vehicle on the side of the street, understanding the service, learning about it, and then they come to join as well. So we obviously have a huge proportion of our members coming from organic growth and we see that organic growth growing over time as well as we put vehicles into new locations closer to people's homes and into new uh, suburbs across the city so the interesting thing for me again is to come back to the point that this isn't about go-kart this was just a chance for us to speak about go-kart to some potential investors about how these things are being replicated in the urban mobility business unit today 
And we see, you know, in London and in Berlin, they're able to move vehicles around the place closer to people. We also see with the rebrand that started in early 2019, we have a new brand, we have a new face of the brand as part of that as well. We have the medium and heavy branding for the vehicles as well. So in London, Madrid, Barcelona, that brand is already rolled out. We're already seeing the uplift in obviously London. It's going really well in Barcelona. The interesting thing for me as well is that with the vehicles on street now, with the Paris tender coming online, you're just gonna, you'll walk down most streets in Paris and it'll be, there's going to be hundreds of vehicles across the streets all over the place. And the interesting thing there as well is it's not just going to be the vehicles, but on the electric vehicle charge points, the four auto leave stations, we're going to have Ubico all over them as well. So by the end of the year, like Ubico is going to be a household name in, in Paris, like with people living in Paris as well. So I'm confident we'll see an uplift in organic, in organic signups from that as well, which, which will really help. I suppose, keep coming back to the point, the fact that GoCar has been in, Dublin for 10 years so they've been able to build up this pool of customers as people have learned about the service and understood it and the reason that helps is with referrals not just through actual like referral credit but just with people speaking about the services the compound effect of the more customers you acquire the pool builds up so you have more and more people who go to their friends and family tell them about the service and that's exponential levels of growth then that more and more people will be telling people and it's that kind of like filtering out so like i said we're seeing that in markets maybe you know go-car has been operating in ireland in the b2c open car sharing market for a decade now whereas you know Ubico it's probably a little little more recent in terms of its introduction but over three or four years Ubico in paris has been able to go from zero car sharing vehicles on the street to 500 at the moment and then you know by the end of the year over a thousand vehicles like so that growth is is being felt like so so that's yeah that's a big part of the story but the other thing that we really haven't mentioned yet at all is like that's all about revenues and people yeah. spending money on the cars but a big part of the story with go cars also on the cost side of the business so they're yeah. able to in, in some ways keep costs keep costs uh, lower and then actually you feel that in terms of the break even and the profit as well yeah so, yeah great and then um so yeah so the future is kind of moving fast <laughs> the things are moving fast in mobility um vehicle sharing and uh you know car sharing per se is too and your remarks on other vehicles um off the cuff obviously on a personal or anecdotal level um in barcelona where we are now we can see uh, almost a different kind of electric scooter uh, on the beach area by Barceloneta. It's been like that for a couple of years already. There's so many different types of personal uses, kick rides, e-scooters, scooters, many players there. Where would you say outside of, just anecdotally or otherwise, you might have observed um, some hot innovation or even which geographies are doing really well? We've seen uh, companies like Lime, uh, reach a you know saturation in certain cities like Seattle, where what was it? There's new stories of um, cafe owners getting into good discussions with uh, uh, and fights with some of the local punters who insist on parking their lime outside the cafes and all that. I mean, these are very very interesting of the day stories. Where would you say anecdotally now? It's not any kind of comment. Um, what, what would you say the hot areas of innovation are outside of your own particular domain right now? Yeah, well, the thing, just, just something you mentioned there, just to touch on that as well, is that like 
one of the biggest trends that I see, like we were at a conference in the Moving On Summit in yeah. Montreal a couple yeah. of months ago, and a guy from Transport for London, Michael Horowitz, I think his name is head, yeah. head of innovations, like really interesting guy. Yeah. And he was speaking a bit, and this is what this isn't totally to do with the modes of mobility, but it's more about how the market is going to handle them. He was speaking about the idea that like no longer will cities accept the launch and defend approach. So the idea that like we're going to arrive in with thousand dockless bikes or two thousand scooters trolling on the streets yeah. and the cities are just going to have to accept that and handle it so that's actually what you're seeing now is yeah it's getting to a stage where there's a greater level of regulation and obviously regulation from the commercial side doesn't always mean uh, you know greater levels of revenue or profitability there can be a bit of a yeah. balance or a difficulty there but i suppose the benefit for us which is always worth remembering is that um your car has been going for, you know, 70 years, so it has a presence in these cities already. It has a level of brand recognition and respect that cities know. And this is a big part. This isn't just yeah. a, a, a notional idea. A big part of the Europe car, the, the Ubico Paris tender as well, is the fact that they were able to commit for seven years to operate car sharing. So cities now are looking for players that aren't just going to arrive a thousand units, splash them out, and in six months' time, actually, we're not happy and we're gone. That's not how you build mobility. That's not like they don't build a metro underground, see how it's gone after six months, and then yeah. dig it all up and take it away if yeah. not enough people are using it. They want people who are actually able to commit. And that's why being part of your car mobility group is actually a really important thing for us is that yeah. we're able to have that level of they know that we're here for the long haul, we're serious about this. And that that's a big reputational thing is that the cities actually want people who won't just arrive and leave again straight away. So that yeah. level of so so for me that's not really so much about, you know, the modes of mobility, but it's more about how the segment is gonna how the segment is gonna evolve over time and you need to be a respected player and that's why for us we need, you know, the best product available, whether that's tech, whether that's vehicles, clean vehicles. Um, respectable looking vehicles, safe vehicles as well, and vehicles in the right locations as well, where yeah. people want them to be used. So, for me, it's it's not so much about the modes. I think at the end of the day, you know, the tech will evolve over time. Like you were saying, less people, um, you know, will have driver licenses. Eventually, it'll probably get to a point. I think I can't remember. Heard someone speaking about this where I don't know, ten years, fifteen years, or whatever. You know. The vehicle, some of the vehicles, maybe not all of the vehicles, but some of the vehicles are going to be able to drive themselves. So it's going to get to a point where there's going to be a point of convergence that the my taxis. So it's about driving or self. So be be the driver or be yeah. driven. So today, my taxi, Uber, Cabify, that's you want to be driven. Yeah. And then Europe Car, Ubico, these other services. That's about drive you want to be the driver whereas in 15 10 maybe 15 years time maybe 20 years i don't know that's going to converge and it's actually going to reach a point where you won't be the driver or be driven the car will drive itself and you'll just you yeah. just request yeah. it so but the interesting thing is and this is kind of comes back a little bit to the cost story is that um fabrizio who's the deputy ceo of the group of speaking at the capital markets day about the fact that 
the value chain, the way it's going to appear is kind of like someone has to produce the cars. Okay, we don't do that. That's fine. That's where the OEMs are. But then someone needs to be able to finance the cars, get the finance in, make sure they're costed the right way. Someone needs to maintain the vehicles, repair the vehicles, and someone needs to commercially be able to sell them, whether that's true or shit on app validating people on time in the right way and then getting them into the vehicles, making sure the vehicles are available, reducing your unavailability rate, getting your damages fixed quicker. That's what your car mobility group has done for 70 years. That's what Ubico, Blue Move, Car Sharing, Guidemi and Scooty have been doing for up to 10 years each. So a combined probably knowledge base in the urban mobility business yeah. unit, vehicle sharing line of 50 plus years. Yeah. So that's why, you know, I think something that was mentioned at the Capital Markets days, there's a lot of investment in the urban mobility business unit. So some of that is CapEx. So it's basically, you know, investing in the vehicles, buying the actual operating models of all these companies. But there's also OPEX, which is like acquiring the talent. Yeah. And that's actually what a lot of it has been about, is getting like really good people in, in Blue Move, in Ubico, and in GoCar, and yeah. moving them around the business units. And yeah. then also bringing people who have expertise from car rental and other transportation yeah. sectors as well, and moving them into the urban mobility business unit, bringing yeah. some of that knowledge over. So for me, that's interesting where you see some of the operating models yeah. converging and some of the knowledges. So at the end of the day, it's just, you know, get the car at the right price, put the, put the, put the car out there, get, make sure someone can get into the car, whether that's true tech or the fact that the car is not damaged, make sure it's reasonably acceptable and then get them going and get them spending the right amount of money through optimizing your commercial performance with pricing and different things, upsells as well. So yeah, that's kind of... Excellent. So I had a... Just one more little question, speaking of knowledge and talent and OPEX talent. I mean, tell us a little bit about yourself. What brings you to work? You're a business line manager. Or, yeah, you've got a multiple hats to wear at any given moment, so you're really driving forward and very knowledgeable. Tell us a little bit about yourself as a person anyway. What, uh, what kind of drives you as a person? Forgive the pun. <laughs> um, that's a very deep question. <laughs> um, I don't know spend suppose I spent two and a half years with GoCar before coming over here. So that was great. It was really interesting. Like there, like I said, GoCar and EuropeCar Ireland with, you know, Colin Brady over there is the managing director of EuropeCar Ireland and uh, Jonathan, who's the head of GoCar as well, like working with them was really cool to understand the business. But I think for us, it was like we were almost in this little microcosm, like a little uh, Petri dish over in Ireland. So it's, it's interesting to see you know, at a, at, a, at a larger scale in terms of more cities and more vehicles and more people as well. So more yeah. colleagues and more teams and stuff. And yeah. um, understanding which of those trades can be moved to another market. Like yeah. I said, GoCar was the first mover. So it's a unique kind of market situation yeah. that we're in. But to see which of those things can be replicated. Like yeah. to me, that's kind of cool. Yeah. To see what can be moved over. And yeah. um, other parts of my background is, you know, communications, politics, digital marketing and stuff as well. So yeah. when it comes to like lobbying or working with the marketing yeah. team yourself and the rest of the, yeah. the rest of the team, that, that's cool for me. And then the data analytics side, I just always had an interest in that, like KPIs and monitoring KPIs, see what we did this week that we didn't do last week or yeah. we forgot to do the week before or we got better at doing the week before that and seeing how that like moves over time like a lot of the people in the countries are filling in their weekly consolidated yeah. budgets and identifying what actions they took every week for me that's cool and then a big part of it is the knowledge sharing across the groups and making sure like you know you serve going around to all the operations managers in each country seeing what are the best behaviors they have and then actually trying to come up with one perfect 
way to do that for each of the countries with yeah. a, with a bit of local specificity yeah. always yeah. as there always is but yeah. we can definitely all learn from under so for me that was a big part of moving over was understanding that stuff as well i thought it was yeah. interesting yeah. Yeah. it's a good challenge okay well thank you so much dara brilliant uh, go car insights there um, I guess it goes without saying, Dara Genoki, Dara, Dara Genoki at ubico.com for the questions. Mm -hmm. Welcome and uh, invited. Um, thanks very much. Talk to you soon. Bye.